Hey everybody, it's Pastor Dylan. Welcome to the Dayspring Wesleyan Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take the time to download our church app. It's the best way to stay connected to the life of the church. All you have to do is go to your app store and search for Church Center, download and enter the information for our church. You will then be connected to our church community. I hope the following presentation inspires you to move closer to God in this journey we call faith. Enjoy. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. I know it's kind of crazy out there. I do appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, Those of you that are watching online, thank you so much for for checking us out today. I'm not on the chat with you this morning. I'm actually a little busy this morning, so, uh, but we got people on there for you. So in this serial Christian thing we were doing, I I was tasked with finding a serial that matched my message. And so I found the one I like, and then everyone said, what serial is that? I've never heard of that. So the serial is actually called, it's called Seven Sundays, and it's uh, no added sugar, no, no gluten, non-GMO. It's like one of those like really like healthy cereals, okay? But it's really delicious. It's really good. And so like that's like the perfect cereal for me today. Now, if we were to go back when I was like eight years old, and it was like a Saturday morning, and... Spider-Man was on. I'd grab my bowl and I'd get my, my fruity pebbles out. So when I was eight, this was like the perfect cereal for me. But I've grown up a little bit, okay? And so we're going to be talking about perfection today. But we're going to be talking about how we can kind of progress in our perfection. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can open those up. We're going to be in Matthew today. If you've got your phone with you and you have the YouVersion app, you can open up your U. I know the tech guy's telling you to get your phone out in church. It's okay. We have live YouVersion notes on the Bible app if you want to follow along with that. There's a little more detail on there than we can put in the, the paper notes with you. So we're going to be in Matthew 5, verse 48. And it says... But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time we get to share together this morning. And Lord, I just pray that I would be able to get out of the way today, that your spirit would be present, that your words would come through to the people, Lord. Allow me to be the vessel today. Open our hearts and our minds to what it is you have to say to us today. Let us spend our time today focused on you and, Lord, what it means to be perfect in your eyes. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So how we, how we got to this point, my, my oldest son, he's getting ready to turn seven here in the summer. He's six now. He'll tell you he's six, not seven yet. And so we've kind of transitioned him from the, you know, like the picture Bibles and all those children's Bibles to actually reading Scripture. And so we're reading his Adventures in Odyssey Bible together. And so we, we started in Matthew, okay? Now this is a side note for you. If you're starting to read the Bible and you're just getting started, don't start in Genesis, okay? I know it's at the front of the book. I get it. I know we've been trained that you start at the front of the book and you work all your way through. The Bible is a collection of books. Start in Matthew. Okay? So we started in Matthew and we started on the Sermon on the Mount. 
And I was really excited. I'm like, this is like Jesus' like most longest, profound teaching that we're going to talk about. And so we're going through, we're going through. And one night we get to this spot, Matthew 5, 48, and it says, be perfect. Just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And so these alarm bells are going off in my head. I'm like, uh, that's not possible. Okay, how are we going to do this? And then so I have to explain to my six-year-old how we're supposed to be perfect in God's eyes, but we can't be perfect. And I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is not going well. And so this kind of started the, the process of figuring out what this perfection actually means. What, the, what does that look like in our life? So we have to understand that maybe the perfection that Jesus was talking about Maybe it's a different kind of perfection. So we really need to define what perfection is. And it's not really the, the modern understanding of perfection. When we think about perfection today, I know some of you are hoping that perfection looks like Joe Burrow not throwing an incomplete pass today. That would be perfection for you. Now, I know our, our sound guy in the back is hoping that Josh Allen is perfect today. But he's not going to be. I'm so sorry. Or you make 10 out of 10 free throws. That's what perfection is. Or you get an A plus on the test. You don't miss a question. That is perfection in our modern understanding. But Jesus is talking and leading us to a different kind of perfection. So, and the, uh, the biggest contradiction ever. I'm going to start in Genesis. <laughs> now, I didn't say you don't read it, okay? I said just don't start with it. Once you get some, some books underneath, then you can go to Genesis. So it's a really good book. Genesis 1.27 says this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so what we see here in this Genesis text is the perfect image, the perfect life. This is what creation was all about. This was the pinnacle of creation. We were in perfect relationship with God. And so this perfection, this is what we want to achieve. But as we read further in Genesis, Genesis 3, 4 through 6 says this. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced she saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. Just a little side note. Isn't it interesting that, that the enemy uses something that we already have, this perfection, to deceive us? And so what what we lost as humans in that moment was this perfect image. And no longer were we in perfect relationship with God. See, sin had entered the world and broken it. And so now we have to redefine what that perfection looks like. And God had a plan for us to rescue us, to give us that perfection back, and his name is Jesus Christ. See, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that's what allows us to enter into this perfection again. See, without Jesus, we, we can't, we're separated and we'll never be perfect. But with Jesus, we can again be connected. 
So one of the things they, they teach you in, in seminary, and I like the joke with, with Pastor Chuck, because uh, we, we both just graduated seminary this year, and I like to joke with him that he started when I was in high school and we graduated at the same time. So, <laughs> But uh, I, I'm not going to have a job after this. <laughs> so I'm just going to say whatever I want now. So one of the things they teach you in seminary is like when you get stuck on a word or you don't really understand the context of that word, is you're supposed to do a word study. So you, you pull out that one word, you go back to the original language, and you, and you kind of find spots where it happens in the New Testament. So I want to encourage you to go this week, go to the original language, pull out all the time. I'm just kidding. I did the work for you, okay? You guys are so serious. Lighten up a little bit. Not like we're talking about life or death or anything, you know? So that word, that, that perfection, that Greek word is called teleos. And so the, the meaning of that word means perfect or complete, mature, full of maturity, not lacking any moral quality. And so understanding the original Greek helps us see what the word means, but we got to see the context. Because when you're looking at Scripture, context is so important. You can't just pull out. We were having this conversation in our small group on Saturday. You can't just pull out one verse and just make it say what you want to say. You've got to look at the full breadth of it. And so we're going to go through on a little word study and see where this word teleos is used in the New Testament. So we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 10. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. So we can see that Paul is using this word perfection. Now, how many of you, by raising your hand, have ever been to a wedding? A few of you. That's good. So if you've ever been to a wedding, like I've been to a few weddings, I'm sure that you've heard 1 Corinthians 13, because that is the love chapter. Love is patient, love is kind, it's not boastful, all that kind of stuff. So Paul was saying all this stuff about love. And then he gets to this. But when the time of perfection, but when the teleos comes, these partial things will become useless. So we start to see that maybe love is pretty important. Maybe Paul's speaking to a love that is important to our completeness. Let's move forward. Ephesians 4, 13. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And so we see that it's actually translated as mature here. So Paul's using it as mature. These things will continue. So Paul has called us to this mature faith. And right before this section, again, we're going to go to context. This section of Ephesians, Paul's talking about spiritual gifts, gifts that we have throughout the church. And so when we see and experience the fullness of God, it's through the gifts, through the experience of using our gifts for the community, for the church. That's when we get to see the, the fullness experience with the gifts. Now, the expression of the fullness is found in a mature understanding. So again, we see Paul has kind of changed 
this word that he's using. Because the first part, it was perfect, but now he's talking about maturity. We're going to go to Ephesians 4.16, because this is when you, when you experience the fullness of God, when you have the experience and the expression and everything is mature, it's full of love. And this is what Paul says in Ephesians 4.16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does. It's his own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So when we have this mature love of Christ, we see that the body comes together and they're growing together. Let's go to Colossians 3.14. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. So again, Paul uses the word here, and he's talking about love. And right before this, again, context, that what, what Paul's talking about, he's talking about the fruits of the Spirit before this. Love, joy, peace, peace and kindness, gentleness, self-control. All these things. But above all, so above all that stuff that I just said, clothe yourself with what? Man, you guys are already sleeping? Man, I didn't think I was that boring. Whew. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect Harmony. So again, Paul was talking about how this perfect love binds us together as a community. All right, that's enough for Paul. Let's move forward. Paul's important, but we got, there's other places we got to go. So we're going to go to Hebrews 6.1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and practicing our faith in God. And so you see here, the writer of Hebrews wrote this book to Jewish believers who had been converted to Christianity. Again, context. We've got to understand context. And so these new believers, these new converts were starting to have second thoughts about this whole like Christianity thing. They're like, Jesus died on the cross. He was man, but he was divine. I don't, I don't know about this. I don't think this is a good idea. So they were having second thoughts about this. And so the writer of Hebrews is, is telling them, like, we got to put away these old, simple teachings. Like, we understand this already. And we need to begin to move forward in our understanding of Christ. Now, as, as a Wesleyan, when I hear something like that, that we need to progress forward in our understanding of Christ. Immediately in my head, I think of holiness. I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is right there. This writer of Hebrews is calling us to holiness, that we need to become mature in our understanding of Christ and move forward. Last one, James 1.4. And I love how the NLT puts it. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I just love that first part. So let it grow. Let your holiness grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, 
You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, it's interesting that the word complete there is a different Greek word. It's not the one, it's not teleos, what we've been talking about. And I wrote down the pronunciation. I don't know if I'm going to get it right. Holaklelas. I know my friend Jade, who's, who's watching online today, who kind of helped with my, my Greek word, she's probably screaming right now because of the way I pronounced that. Holaklelas is a different word. It's for complete. But it's more of like without blemish. So you'll be perfect, which we talked about was mature, full of love, and without blemish. So again, I see this and I'm like... This is holiness, man. It's right there. But this process that we call holiness and working towards the image of God, that's what we call sanctification. Now, when we, when we first believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and they, we would call that justification, that we are justified. But at that moment of justification, the process of sanctification begins. Now, as a new believer, that time you're justified, you're probably going to see the most growth in those first couple months or year. If you're looking at like a, a, a chart, Pastor Chuck will love this. He loves charts. It's like this. It jumps up, and then it kind of just goes like this. But it's this continual progression. It's all about holiness. So that was... Not all the, the uses of that word in the New Testament, but I, I picked out the most important ones that I thought were important for this. And so what we see is this mature love, this growing in holiness. So when, when Jesus is saying, be perfect, he's not saying, telling us to be absolutely perfect, but he's telling us that we need to grow in our maturity. We need to grow in our love. And Pastor Chuck gave a, a sermon on Luke 2.52 a couple weeks ago about how Jesus grew in his holiness, that that time he spent away from, from the temple to when we first see him, he is growing in his mind, body, and spirit. And so I imagine that when, when Jesus is giving this sermon on the mount and he gets to this point where he's telling the people to be perfect, in my head I think that he's referencing Leviticus 19.2, which says, give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. So I imagine that, that Jesus is referencing that moment where you're supposed to be holy because your God is holy. Leviticus 20, 7 through 8 says this. So set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep all my decrees, listen to this next part, by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord who makes you holy. Holy. And so what Jesus is, is referencing this moment is a call to holiness. That we are called to be holy. Why? Because God is holy. And we're made in the image of God, so we are, have that call in our life as well. But this, this holiness isn't something that's static, where it just stands still. You can't just like one day be like, all right, I'm holy. And that's it. How's that worked out for anybody? It worked out pretty good? No, our, our journey of holiness, this is your chart again for you, Chuck, kind of goes up and then down and up and then down. And it's like, okay, this, it's not a static thing, but it's more of a progressive thing. 
where we progress in our faith. Again, we talked about that word perfection can also mean maturity. So I hope you're not doing the same things you were doing as you were a kid. I hope at some point you do a little bit of maturity and you move forward and you progress. See why I picked those cereals now? Yeah, you got it. I saw it. I saw a couple heads. Yeah, yeah. That's good. But how do we how do we get to this place of holiness and this perfection, this progression, this movement towards holiness? Because we can't do it on our own. If we could do it on our own, everybody would be doing it. You'd have some some book or some YouTube video that says seven ways to be holy. By now. No, it's a, it's a progressive movement. It's about the daily moments in our lives. These small moments in our lives that may seem insignificant, but they show the love of God. Like I imagine my youngest daughter looking over at me and just going, dad, 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 dad. And it's those small moments where you just, you see God and you realize the love that God has for us. If it's anything like the love I have for my children, why am I not progressing in my faith? Why am I not striving to be closer to him? Because I want to do everything I can for my kids. I'm willing to sacrifice it all for them. But am I willing to sacrifice it all for the one who loves me? I know you're going to be shocked. And if you've heard me speak before, I'm a, I'm a big fan of John Wesley. And so if you don't know, Wesley's kind of the, the grandfather of the Wesleyan faith. So he has a sermon called Christian Perfection. There you go. And this is what it says. Christian perfection, therefore, does not imply, as some men seem to have imagined, an exemption from either ignorance or mistake or infirmities or temptations. Indeed, it is only another term for holiness. They are two names for the same thing. Thus, everyone that is holy is in the Scripture sense perfect. Yet we may lastly observe that neither in this respect is there any absolute perfection on earth. There is no perfection of degrees, as it is termed, none which does not admit of a continual increase, so that how much soever any man has attained or in how high a degree soever he is perfect, he has still need to grow in grace and in daily to advance the knowledge and love of God his Savior. I know that was a long quote, but that's a really important one. What Wesley is telling us is that There's no absolute perfection here on earth. Again, go back to the garden. We broke that. But what he's telling us is that there's this continual growth in grace. And that when we strive towards God, when we pursue God, that's what perfection looks like. That daily advance of seeking out him. All right, last, last was a quote, I promise. He had another sermon called On Perfection. 
This is the sum of Christian perfection. It is comprised in that one word. What's that one word? Love. So again, we see it again. Love is the key. But it's not just a simple love. It's a mature love. It's a love that continues to grow. It's a love that we as parents, it changes over time. You don't love an infant the same way you love a 12-year-old. Everything's changed. They can talk back a lot more. You know? But this pursuit of holiness, this striving towards him, how do we live out this perfection that God has called us to? Two keys are love, as we talked about, and the pursuit of Christ. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says this. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Matthew 29, 22, 39 says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. I know these are simple verses and we've heard them a thousand, a thousand times. And you're going to hear them a thousand more times. That's how important they are. I was telling you about my friend Jade. She recently just moved away and she didn't even tell me. I thought that was rude, but whatever. She's watching today, so hi, Jade. Um, we were getting ready for Christmas around the church. We were setting up trees and all this kind of stuff. And so I'd come in after, after we, we read to my son, and I had this thought in my head, like, what's perfection? What does it mean? How do we get there? And so I'm going through the original Greek and looking at all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, I just don't, I don't understand this. And then I remember, I was like, oh, Jade's here decorating the church. So I ran out of my office, and I'm like, running around the church looking for this nice lady who's just trying to help decorate the church. And I'm just like, Jade, 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 tell me about Teleos. Tell me about Teleos. And she spent 15 minutes telling me all about this original Greek because she speaks Greek. She understands Greek. She can read it. Like she was such a resource. I'm so sad to see her go. But the way that she explained it to me, and I agree with her, it's like this mind meld that you have with God. Yeah, I know. I was, I was like, whoa, okay, Jade, you got to slow down a little bit, all right? But when we're, our body, our mind, and our spirit are connected with God, in the original language, that's what we're talking about when you need to be perfect. This body, mind, and spirit is connected with God. Are we going to have troubles? Are we going to fail? Yes, absolutely. But if we are focused on that, if we are focused on body, mind, and spirit, being with God, this is the perfection that Jesus was talking about. Colossians 1.15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. This is why we pursue Jesus. He's the visible image of God. If we see perfection in Jesus and we strive towards that with our body, mind, and spirit connected with him, that's the perfection that Jesus was talking about. What did he tell his followers? He said, follow me. 
and they followed. Jesus is calling all of us. He's saying, follow me. I'll lead the way. We're going to fail constantly. Follow me. Have you ever read about Peter? I mean, that guy failed more times than anybody. And he was the rock. I'm going to skip some stuff. We're running out of time here. Colossians 1, 19 through 21. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. God considers each one of us holy. But we're not holy on our own. We can't do it alone. We have the chance and the opportunity to find fulfillment, to find joy and peace in this life because of Jesus' blood on the cross. And I know some of you are thinking, but, but Lord, I, I can't be perfect because I'm not reconciled with my family. There's a wedge between us. God's saying, but the blood. You're perfect because of the blood. But Lord, I, I can't be perfect because when I'm alone, the things that I think, the things that I want to say to people, they're awful, nasty thoughts. I can't be perfect. I know, but the blood. Lord, I can't be perfect because of the things that, that I look at on my phone. I can't be perfect because of that. I can never be perfect. I know. But the blood. See, the blood of Christ opens the door for holiness. The blood of Christ opens the door to perfection. Without the blood, there is no perfection. Without Jesus on the cross, there is no perfection. We are separated forever. But God has called you in. Jesus has said, come on, follow me. God considers you holy. And you are a called people. But we are called because of the blood of Christ. We have one of these this saying in uh, our small group. I wanted to share it with you. It says, God in all of his perfection works through our imperfection so that we can be perfect. God in all of his perfectness works through our imperfection so that we can be perfect. We are free to pursue holiness we are free to pursue God because of the blood. Don't ever think that you are not worthy to be perfect in God's eyes. God saw you and knew you were perfect because of the blood on the cross. 
I'm going to go ahead and invite the, the worship band back up. We're going to have a, a moment here, and we're going to open up the altar as well. This moment of perfection in our lives. We often strive for it, but we feel like we fail time and time again. And I am no different. I feel like there are times in my life where everything is going well, but then there are times where everything is just going terrible. And I feel so far away from God. And I got a reminder reading this scripture with my son at night where it said, be perfect because God in heaven is perfect. Because when I first thought of it, I was like, be perfect. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Okay, got it. That doesn't seem too hard. But after I did my study and I, I worked through it, I'm like, be perfect. Thanks, Jesus. You died on the cross for me, for my sins, so that I could be perfect. But it's not an earthly perfection that he's looking for. Heavenly perfection is totally different. And it's that constant striving towards God, that constant pursuit in our walk in holiness. So there might be some of you today who are just like, I got a lot of junk in my life, a lot of things going on. I need to feel renewed in my spirit. So as this song is going on, we're going to open up the altar. So if you need a time of prayer, you can come up. If you need a moment alone with, with God, it's open. Once the song's finished, we'll, we'll do a benediction, and then we'll, we'll head on out of here. Don't ever forget that we as a community, are a called community to be holy because of the blood of Christ. Would you stand with me, church? <clears throat> Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, the church of Ephesus, I should have marked it, huh? In his letter to the church of Ephesus, all these things were going on around them in the culture and they were being pulled into the culture and Paul implores them come back follow Jesus trust in the blood of Christ and so he has this call for spiritual growth in his letter and he says this when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. Your roots will go, grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete. 
with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together this morning. And Lord, we, we're thankful for your spirit as it is in this place with us today, Lord. And I pray for the ones that came forward and the ones that didn't come forward, Lord, that your spirit would be with them today. Wherever we are in life, because we are all in different points, Lord, we pray that your spirit would guide us in this path to holiness as we grow closer to you each and every day. Lord, I pray for a hunger for this community for you. Pray that we would strive for your spirit no matter where we are, at church, at home, at work, in the community, that we would be beacons of light for you. Lord, we are thankful for your blood and we celebrate that today. You have given us the opportunity to be holy, to be perfect because of your son, Jesus. We can never thank you for that enough. Lord, be with us this week. Guide us and lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you are in the Marion area, we would love to engage with you at one of our Sunday morning gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fantastic children and student ministries, visit us at dayspringwesleyan.org. That's dayspringwesleyan.org.